What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 136 of TLDR Podcast. It's the one after the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl 57 concluded yesterday. Uh, the Chiefs ended up beating my Eagles, unfortunately, but it was a great game. Uh, you know, it was it was it was a fun day. Uh, we'll kind of get more into the specifics of that day with James a little bit later. Uh, we also got our uh, the NBA had a crazy trade deadline, and we're going to be breaking all that down with Alex. And then lastly, we're going to get to more hockey talk with trading. So we got a, a full packed podcast for you coming up here. Um, but first, let's check in with all the boys. Alex, uh, we miss you on Sunday. You were the only member of the podcast not to be at our Super Bowl party. Uh, it might have something to do with the fact you live like four hours away, but um, I think that's not really a good excuse. But let us know how your Super Bowl went. Uh, no, I was there. You guys don't remember? No, <laughs> me, me and him, we, we, we took a shot outside. Yeah, outside the whole time. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, if I didn't have to work the following Monday um, and drive four hours, I probably would have uh, made the made the commute. But um, yeah, it was good. It, you know, it, it kind of happens like every Super Bowl party I go to, I end up not really paying attention to the game like all that much just because there's so much else going on um but yeah it was good um glad that my prediction was right um tyler sorry bud i don't know what to tell you yeah i don't know i don't i don't i don't know what to say either uh it's a bummer <laughs> but uh glad, glad you had a good super bowl sunday uh trade in obviously we, we saw we saw each other yesterday which is great great time um, but overall, how you doing? And, uh, I mean, football's over now. So like full on hockey, it's just all the time for you now. Uh, I mean, it already kind of is except on Thursdays, Sundays, and to an extent Mondays, actually, I should say Mondays, Sundays, and to an extent Thursdays, cause Thursday night football sucks. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's all going to be hockey now. I mean, I, I, it is sad that the, the NFL is done. I, I do really enjoy, um, the NFL season, but, uh, this past game was kind of what we had hoped it would be just, uh, well, unless you're James, um, just a fantastic football game. I mean, it was close. It came down on the wire. Yes. There we'll get into the ending, which was very not cool, but we'll get into that. Um, at the end of the day, if you take out the first, if you take out the last five minutes of the game, or I guess even three minutes of the game, um the rest of the football game was just was just fantastic i mean i i thought that the i, I thought it was just exactly what we uh, what we asked for the, the halftime show was fantastic um just you know and there were some great commercials too so that's what we asked for in a, in a super bowl so now it's just focused on the the rest of the hockey season from here on out oh yeah um james you know obviously great to see you uh yesterday at the super bowl party had a great time you know, now for you, we kind of transition into, you know, the football offseason. I, I call it the dark days of winter for me, but I guess for you, it's like the dark days of summer. Uh, but I think how do you, how, how does, for me, it's like, I always feel like once baseball's over, I, I'm a little bit like sad, but then kind of like, all right, it's kind of cool to get a little bit of breather. And then eventually I start to miss it a lot. Like how long do you, do you say it usually takes you to where you're like itching for that football season to, to come back? Uh, like three weeks, three weeks to a month. <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's pretty good. But it's like yeah. once those like rumors stop popping up about, oh, the Niners might get this guy or Jimmy G might go over here. I'm all in it again. But, you know, for the first month, like there's nothing. It's like crickets. Everybody's off partying. They're in Cabo. They're doing their thing. They're relaxing. Nothing's happening at all except for Derek Carr, which happened today. Uh, 
he is going to be released, by the way. But um, for the most part, it's been, it's chill. But then once those rumors start popping up, I'm like, where are the hits coming? What's happening next? Can it be August already? Like, I watch Hard Knocks. I watch preseason football. I'm all in. Nice. Yeah, it's always it's always a tough thing navigating our, your off season. But you know, for me, the end of football is basically the beginning of baseball season for me. Uh, so it's always it's always a good time. And we'll start getting into those uh, baseball talks next next week, boys. But for now, let's talk about the big game that happened on Sunday. James is going to break it all down for us. James, what do we got for this year's edition of the Super Bowl? Well, I really wanted to start out with the Super Bowl recap here and ask the boys what they thought. And then Trey already kind of answered that, so maybe we'll go to him first. But Chiefs won 38-35. to 35. Eagles led 24-14 to 14 at half. Jalen Hurts passed with 308 yards, which everybody listening is over. And everybody on this podcast said under. So y'all are wrong. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for 182 yards, which is under. So again, we were wrong. The betting corner was not it this weekend. <laughs> Um, the Eagles had the ball for 11 more minutes than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs were just super, super efficient and pretty much scored at will. They're just, they're good. The Chiefs are the best team as they won the Super Bowl. And even though I was hoping for a blowout, much like Trayton said, the game was actually pretty good and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think this might've been the first Super Bowl that the Niners weren't playing in that I actually really paid attention to. I was there the entire time and I watched the majority of it. It was actually really good. Um, and also Tyler got sad, <laughs> which is pretty much what we all hope for. As terrible as that sounds, it happened. And also, Trayden and I did some major detective work, and we found out that Tyler is actually a true Eagles fan and a fake Rams fan because I've watched him watch the Super Bowl with the Rams, and I watched him watch the Super Bowl with the Eagles in it. And he got way more emotional, way more into it when it was the Eagles game versus the Rams last season. So therefore. Tyler is an Eagles fan. Yeah, there we go. That's better. <laughs> there it is. Um, but yeah, Tyler got sad. And uh, what do you guys think of the Super Bowl? Trade, you already kind of started it. Like, give me more of your thoughts. Um, you know what? The, the first half, I think it was kind of a tale of first halves. Um, that that first half, I really thought that the Eagles had control of the game. I know that. I know that, as you mentioned, um, the Chiefs kind of were scoring it well, but there was just something. Yeah, something on the Philadelphia side that I'm like, wow, they they just look like a team that that can that can swallow up the minutes that can just run this game down. And I think they're going to be fine. Jalen Hurts was better than I expected. I mean, I, you know, I have always been kind of a, you know, eh about Jalen Hurts and he he proved me wrong there. Uh, and I just thought that they would run away with it. And then the second half came and all of a sudden you were like, whoa, <laughs> this is a this is a different Chiefs team. And I guess we, we guess you can't be surprised. I mean, that's the, the, not, not that the Chiefs are a come a come behind team all the time, but they're a team that seems like they can, you know, they can middle around in the first half and then they can come and 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 sit everybody down and say, OK, now now we'll take over. Uh, they were very efficient. Um, the Eagles just weren't enough, weren't efficient enough. I mean, they, they had the ball plenty of times. Jalen Hurts looked fantastic and they just weren't, um, uh, you know, weren't, um, efficient enough. And I thought that the, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, the more efficient team won, um, and they were the better team, you know, as, as, as a whole there. Um, but I, I, I give full credit to the Eagles. I, I, you know, even though the call that we meant that I, you know, kind of insinuated was, was a bit of a of, of a letdown as a whole that I mean you, you take that away and you still have you still have Mahomes with what like a minute and a half with three timeouts to get to the field goal range I mean let's let, 
let's not think that he doesn't have a chance to do that. It just would have been nice to actually see that, uh, you know, instead of it end like that. I think we all expected it to happen, just not end it like that, if that makes sense. So uh, that was the only letdown, I think. Everything else was was exactly what I asked for. Alex, I know you didn't really watch the game 100%. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to give some props to Tyler, who said Jalen Hurts was going to be Patrick Mahomes like two years ago. Um, I mean, they're obviously not the same quarterback, but Jalen Hurts has turned into a very, very good quarterback. So, Tyler, all props to you. Thank you, um, Alex. I, uh, the most important thing is I won the uh, coin toss bet with my wife, and she <laughs> still has not paid me $5. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need so someone's gonna need to talk to her about that, even though we definitely don't just like share money. Um, I thought the game was good. Um, there were definitely, you know, it it seemed like it was like one play that was gonna kind of determine it. Um, and like you said, James, like the Chiefs just kind of scored at will when they when they felt like it. I mean, even you know, that that first drive they had, um, they were already down seven-nothing, and then they scored in like 45 seconds, it feels like. Um and they had the one kind of the one big defensive play with their defensive touchdown. So, you know, if if it had gone a different way, um, you know, like with that one play, maybe that would have happened. Um, you know, I, I think the I think the Eagles, it was it yeah, and I and I agree with Traden where like, you know, the the one call at the end is kind of a bummer. Um, but you can't really count out Mahomes at that point. Um, and he just proved that like he's the best player in the NFL and he's the most important player in the NFL. You know, after they traded Tyreek away and we were like, well, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be as good this year. And then they go and win the Super Bowl. So um, <laughs> it was it yeah, it was a great game. It, it's a lot. Those games are a lot more fun than like that 13 to three Pats Rams game from four years ago. So um, I'm sure everyone else enjoyed it except for Eagles fans. <laughs> and that brings me to sad Tyler. How sad were you, man? Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, obviously pretty sad. Uh, it's a bummer, especially when you're up at halftime and everything's looking pretty good. And then, you know, you you, you kind of lose it there in the second half. Um, you know, you did you did say that you were looking forward to me being sad, but I'll give you props, James. At the end, you did give me a happy dad seltzer for for the uh, for the for like a, a, a parting gift. And I'm drinking that tonight on the podcast. Uh, so I'm a little happier now. Um, but yeah, obviously, like at the end of the day, it was it was a great game. Um, you know, obviously super bummed that the Eagles weren't able to pull it through. And, you know, um, I was kind of alluded to it. I think the one play for me that probably I keep looking back on is that fumble by Hertz that the Chiefs ran in and scored and how different of a game it might have been if that hadn't have happened. Um, even if we just didn't score that drive, you know, it 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 it, it might have turned out differently. But I mean, hats off to the Chiefs, to uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He really is, he just is he just is incredible. And Andy Reid, man. I mean, that guy knows how to coach a football team and he was, he was happy. And it, and every time that Andy Reid is happy, I'm happy. So he, <laughs> he's my favorite coach and and I think always will be, um, you know, so I think once an Eagle, always an Eagle, unless your name is Carson Wentz. Um, <laughs> so, but obviously pumped to have my team in the Super Bowl. It always makes it more fun to watch. Uh, just overall great game. Enjoyed it. Bummer about the ending, but happy about the overall day. And it was an enjoyable day. That's great. Uh, this leads me to my other topic that Traden and uh, Alex both alluded to, and that's officiating. A lot of people have co- are complaining about the way this game ended. Like, the officiating for this game and for the last game, and for, for, for the season as a whole, has been shaky. And Roger Goodell came out and said that this is the best officiating we've had ever. 
And I disagree wholeheartedly. Like, how was Lane Johnson false starting every single snap? What's a catch? What's not a catch? I don't know anymore. It's a, is it a hold? Is it not a hold? Is it still a hold? Is it not a hold if he says it's a hold at the end of the game? I don't even know. So what are you guys' thoughts on officiating as a whole? Not just this game, but I mean, it came to a precipice here. Like, the officiating was bad. Traden. Officiating was bad. I mean, I, and the thing is that they don't, they, you know, the, the, the powers that be don't, don't agree with it. And that's, and that's the unfortunate thing. I, I, I think the reality, the reality is a good, a great Super Bowl was, was hindered by, I'm sorry. It was a good, it was a good Super Bowl. It could have been great. It could have even been fantastic if it wasn't for that ending. And, you know, I, I, you know, you can, everyone will roll their eyes when I say this, I always try to, to bring it back to a, to a, something that I can understand because I, because I grew up playing hockey and play and watched hockey. If a game seven came down to a, came down to a call like that, I, I, it just, it just would completely just take the, take the life out of that game. It would take the life out of that series. It would take the life out of what everyone had, had built up for, you know, 59 minutes, or in this case, you know, whatever it is, 55 minutes or whatever. And it it just completely deflates what and, and deflates the 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 emotions and everything that had been building up building up because the reality is I mean you take you take that away and and, and do I think that the Chiefs still would have won I do I do think that Chiefs still would have won the game I just would have rather seen it happen them earn it as opposed to them kind of been given it if you if if that makes sense um, so. I th- I think that this does need to be um you know looked at. I think that you, you can't make a call like that in that type of game in in that type of moment in game. If you if it been the first quarter, okay, maybe it's kind of BS. But a in the last three minutes is just a problem, and that needs to be that needs to be addressed somehow. I don't know how you address it because you can't do challenges after two minutes. Yada yada yada. I think that everything could could cons- you can consider to be challengeable or maybe not even challengeable, but reviewable like a play like that. Um, you know, the, you know, New York or whomever calls down and says, yo, yo, yo guys, you can't be, you can't be doing this, especially because especially during the Super Bowl, there's so many stoppages. So you can, you can, you can challenge everything. You can, you can review everything. And it doesn't really hinder our experience because we're drinking, we're partying and we're watching commercials anyway. So, um, they, they have to fix that because you can't ruin a Super Bowl off of a call like that. You just, you just can't, it just ruins everything. Alex, Traden said you can't call that at that point in time. Do you think that the time of the play matters whether a penalty should be called or not? No. I mean, I just think it gets, you know, blown up because it was the final drive or, you know, under two minutes or whatever. And Trade, I'm going to disagree with you. Like, you know, especially after um, what's, what's his name? Bradbury came out and said, like, yeah, I held him. Like, they got the call right. Um, that – and it helps that I don't I didn't give a shit who won. So, like <laughs> – I'm sure it's tougher if you're an, if you are an Eagles fan and you're, you know, looking forward to it if you're a Chiefs fan, but um you know, it like they, they called it, it's part of the game, um, you know, and then you you see the pop up like there was multiple was, you know, a big holding call called against Cooper Cup in last year's Super Bowl that got all craziness and you know, it obviously and that that was even tighter cuz that was third down, they were coming up on the, you know, they were it was third down and goal or whatever and um, you know, pretty much after the Rams scored, like the Bengals had 20 seconds to try to get down the field. So like, even in that instance, it, you know, it just, it just didn't work out. But um, as, and then James, as for like the catch part that you mentioned, 
the NFL hasn't been able to tell us what it catches for like a decade now. So I've given up on them ever telling us. Um, and like we saw it in the NFC championship game. Like, look, if you don't know, get to the line, practice. Snap it. Like, as a team, like practice getting to the line really quick and just snapping the ball so no one can do anything about it. Like use it, use the system to your benefit. Um, I mean, and we see guys do that in other sports too, with flops and holding calls and in basketball and hockey all the time as well. So um, it like, I don't know, they're humans. I feel like we shit on refs and umps a lot. We talked about this last week and I mean, it's, it's hard. And then, and it even gets more magnified in the NFL because it's one game, like all the other sports, it's a series and things potentially will even out throughout a series, but yeah, it's one game, you know, it's under two minutes. Um, I don't know. Don't, don't hold. I guess <laughs> like you get, beat, you get beat, but um, I'm sure other people are quite frustrated about it. Tyler, even though James Bradbury came out and said that it was a hold. Yes, I did grab him. And I was just hoping that they'd let it slide. Does that change your perspective on how the game was officiated as a whole? Um, no, not really. I think he was just trying to, you know, kind of take the high road and, you know, kind of admit to in a foul. And I think, you know, props to him. I don't, you know, I think, you know, going at it, you know, you know, fighting fire with fire isn't always the best idea. Um, and I, I, I applaud him for, you know, kind of admitting to that, but, um, I agree. I, I just think there's so much inconsistency with what is and what is in fouls. And I think every fan that really watches football, I think doesn't like that. Like I, I, there's so many people that I watch football with that, Unfortunately, it's kind of the one thing that's talked about almost the most while you're watching a football game is calls that aren't called or calls that are called. And it is frustrating. And I think especially during um, a play like that, where I feel like, I mean, guys probably hold on every single play of, of football. And it's like, which ones do you call? Which ones don't you call? Um, I think that's tough, man. I think on a play like that, where, you know, it's an important play of the game. And yeah, was it a hole? I guess it was, but was, did it really like impede his path to a ball that was severely overthrown by Patrick Mahomes? I don't really think it did personally. Um, it was, it was a pretty soft call in my opinion. Um, that, that, that happens in a lot of sports too, where they, they, they call things like that was, that was pretty soft. That was a soft hole. That was a soft, whatever. And I, I don't know. I feel like in a play like that, you kind of have to give those ones a little bit more but again it's tough because like what when do you not call or when do you call i don't know i don't know the answer to that i think i think it's kind of damned if you do uh and damned if you don't it's kind of you know we had that uh the the rams were a beneficiary of that against the saints and in the, in the, in the, in the nfc championship in the opposite situation where it's like okay like last play of the game you just kind of let them go for it and if there's an egregious pat a pass interference that, that that wasn't called and we you know and we had this whole you know discussion then too and now we have the opposite problem so I don't know, but I definitely, as a fan, I don't like seeing a soft call in a big moment like that because I think no matter what, the Chiefs were going to score in that drive. But you know, versus you know, you give the Eagles a minute and a half to try and rebuttal for a field goal versus eight seconds. I, I that's to me like you know the the Eagles didn't lose the game because of that call, but it certainly deflated the air of what could have been an even more exciting ending to that game. Um, so I didn't like the call in that situation. I don't think the situation should matter. I think it should be consistent. You know, at the, at the end of the day, um, and I feel like I feel like a hold like that just should never really be called, in my opinion. I don't think that's a, I don't think he held enough to warrant a penalty, in my opinion. Okay, there you have it, folks. Tyler says a hold should not have been called. <laughs> Moving on to something a little more lighthearted here. Last week we talked about halftime shows, 
And this year we had Rihanna, Queen Riri. And I thought she was <laughs> fantastic, guys. Like for real. Uh, I think I saw a stat that nine million more people watched the halftime show than watched the Super Bowl, which is bizarre. Uh, but yeah, people love the Super Bowl or the halftime show, and Rihanna killed it. And it made me realize how many Rihanna songs I know because I was singing along to every single one that she put out there. And the whole levels thing that she was doing, and she was pregnant while doing it, major props to her. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I'm not super in tune with, you know, celebrities and pregnancies and what's going on. So everyone was like, is she pregnant? And I was like, I don't know. And then they're like, didn't she just have a baby? And I was like, I don't know. She <laughs> like, married? I'm like, I don't know. Uh <laughs> I did. I did like it. I thought it was quite the spectacle. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like Squid Games a little bit. <laughs> yes, like, I did think uh, that too. the get ups or whatever. But yeah, um, she was definitely she did it. And um, I mean, it seems like everyone else liked it based off of every Instagram post I've seen about everyone being like, we're just here for Riri. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. I'm here for the beer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I liked it. It was it was a good show. Tyler. Jess is talking about choreography. What do you think about the choreography? Um, I yeah, I kind of refer to my fiance with what is good choreography, what's not. I, I my opinion, it was creative. Um, I think you know, for her, she was a little kind of 50-50 on the choreography, which was, you know, it's interesting to hear a dancer's perspective on that for sure. So I I I appreciated that that input. Um, overall, I thought that uh the the theatrics and the overall visuals were very cool. Um, I thought, I thought that was a, it was, it was that, that part was very well done. Um, I agree with you, James. Like, I didn't, I don't think I really knew how many great bangers that Rihanna had until I was watching that Super Bowl halftime show. I was like, damn, like she's got a lot of really good music that I, that I know. Um, so I definitely kind of re- re- reminded of how many good songs that she has. And so that was cool. I think, I mean, she's a perfect person to have a Super Bowl halftime show. Cause she can play, you know, go through a minute of songs and just like one after another's hit after hit. So props to you, Rihanna, on an already amazing career in the music industry and putting on a great show. I think for me, the one thing I'll say about it that I didn't love was it was a little, a lot of lip syncing for my personal liking. Um, I get it in the present, like obviously knowing what happened, you know, prop, you know, as, as a, as a pop artist, there's a lot of choreography that you do and you're, you're, you're moving around a lot. You're not breathing. Plus the fact that she's pregnant. So like props with her, that's badass as hell, especially when you're, you know, hundreds of feet in the air. I mean, that's incredible. Um, but yeah, for me, I would, I would have liked to hear a little bit more live singing because it was a live performance, but overall it was very entertaining. And I thought she did a great job. Trade in your thoughts. Uh, Tyler, unfortunately, I think all of them do that. So um, that, that I know. part's unfortunate. I know. Uh, I, but I just don't like it. I know. I agree. I, I just, you know, I think we just have to rip that bandit off real quick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, I, I don't have much more to add. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the, the best part is I wasn't during this during the halftime show. I wasn't in the backyard throwing up after a cake stand. So <laughs> it was a win win for me. You're right. It was Alex in the backyard doing that because yeah. <laughs> that's where he was. That's yeah. where it was. Um, the 2022-2023 NFL season is now officially over. Describe it in one word, Tyler. All right. So the word that I use was fulfilling. Um, the reason I say that word is because I, the way I interpreted it was, you know, for me as a fan, 
what am I going to take out of this? And for me, it was Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, I think, kind of fulfilling what I thought that they could be, especially Jalen Hurts. You know, we, as, you know, Alex kind of mentioned a couple a couple years ago, I made this crazy claim that Jalen Hurts had Patrick Mahomes potential to be a really good quarterback in this league. And I think this year he proved that. I think there's no doubt he is a top five quarterback in this league. I don't see an argument that you can make against that really. Obviously he has, he's had one really good year and can he, can he, you know, continue to do that? You know, obviously he's still very far and away from Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes beat him in the Super Bowl, And you know that I'm not saying he's above that obviously, but he definitely took steps to, to fulfilling that um, prophecy. I guess I kind of laid out for him. <laughs> um, but for me, that's kind of the word that I would use. Um, I thought the, the I, you know, de, de, despite the uh, Super Bowl loss, I thought the Eagles did a great job. And you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, helped me win my fantasy football season. He took them to Super Bowl and uh, an MVP MVP finalist. It was a very fulfilling year for Jalen Hurts and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So that's the word that came to mind for me. Fulfilling. I like it. Trading. What's yours? I describe it as a roller coaster. One word. Uh, is and, word, I, sorry is, is roller coaster one word am i have i just been yes, that all my entire life it is. yes it is damn it is. well no it's not it is or it's not it depends on depends on how you read it like i see it both ways um the reason i say that is because the entire season was really just up and down for a lot of different teams um i started out thinking that the bills were the greatest team on the planet and then i thought that they were the shitty ass fucking team and then they then they kind of figured it out and then they shot the bed in the playoffs um the 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 chargers were like that the chiefs to an extent i think early on we were like where is this chiefs team going where are the Bengals going are they even going to make the playoffs and boom they 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 take uh they take mahomes to a one score game in the playoffs uh uh the niners going from like all these different quarterbacks to finding to finding the prodigy and then and, and then everything unraveling at the end like it's just that was a crash and burn roller coaster unfortunately <laughs> um like everything just was topsy-turvy at one point like I, I there, there were a couple weeks I'd go into work and, and talk football with my coworkers, and we would be like what the fuck is the NFL the NFC East is good like what the fuck is going on almost all of them went to the playoffs what um uh, it was just bizarre and and you know and, and that's what a roller coaster is just it's just you don't know what's you know which way's up which way it's gonna go and you know it, it really wasn't predictable until the end you know and 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 just that just as any roller coaster you know f- you finish where you started Hopefully. yeah e- eagles e- eagles number one chiefs number one and there you and and there you go uh you have the chiefs winning the super bowl again I mean, I guess you can, you can, you could have expected that early on because it's the Chiefs. We, I didn't think that you know, maybe at week four or five, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is predictable. So that's that's what I got. Roller coaster. Alex, what's yours? Uh, as an actual Rams fan, my word is ugh. Uh, <laughs> just. Uh, I'm gonna focus just on them. Obviously, we won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, high expectations. I think all of us predicted at least double digit wins, and we got five. Um, <laughs> lots of injuries, obviously. Um, so hopefully things will get better better next year. Um, and hopefully the Cowboys continue to lose. Okay, all done. All right. Uh, my word is a lot like trading's roller coaster, but it's unpredictable for much like he said and uh. Pretty much like what I'm going to do for the next four weeks on this podcast is unpredictable. <laughs> so, yeah, James C., 
signing out for the last football thing you'll have for a while. Thank you very much. All right, James, thank you. It was quite a great year of uh, of NFL football. And until we uh, kind of kick it off again in the late summer, uh, goodbye football for now. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the NBA trade deadline was an absolute chaotic roller coaster. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to dig through it right when, right when we come back. Welcome back, everybody. We are pretty much pretty close to the uh, uh, fucking hell, the uh, All Star Game of the NBA. Off to a great start in this segment. Um, but before that, obviously, we had the NBA trade deadline. Uh, we're getting to the nitty gritty, and oh my god, it was one of the in most insane trade deadlines that we've ever had from the NBA. And Alex is here to take us all through it. Alex, NBA trades. What do we got? Yes. Um, first things first. First, congratulations to LeBron James on passing Kareem to become the all-time leading scorer. Um, I think we'll talk about that more in the offseason because uh, it's really not that important in the grand scheme of what's going on in the NBA this season. So just a little recap of what happened. Kyrie to the Mavs, KD to the Suns, Russ to the Jazz, D'Lo to the Lakers, Pat Bev to the Magic, Mike Conley to the T-Wolf, John Wall to the Rockets, Eric Gordon to the Clippers, Josh Hart to the Knicks, Mikhail Bridges to the Nets, James Wiseman to the Pistons, Shaq Betty to the Hawks, Gary Payton second to the Warriors, Mo Bomb to the Lakers. Got all that? Cool. No. Woo! Yeah, no idea. It was wild what went down in the NBA. Um, and it all happened, it felt like, in a 24-hour span, um, other than the Kyrie to the Mavs, which happened a little bit early um last week but i was hosting so we didn't talk about that but because that was kind of the first big one uh so Kyrie asks for a trade uh it actually happens really quickly this time um so Kyrie and markeith morris go from brooklyn to dallas and then brooklyn receives spencer dinwiddie dorian finney smith a 2027 second round pick a 2029 first and a 2029 second I don't know, James, we'll start with you. Um, I mean, are you surprised that Kyrie asked for a trade well, after, you know, Brooklyn had kind of turned everything around? Um, and, you know, what do you think of, of him and Luca and the Mavs and kind of how that will work? I'm not surprised that Kyrie asked for a trade because it was a very unpredictable and Kyrie-like thing to do. Let's be real here. He lived on like a roller coaster. And I think he's just trying to get some fulfillment out of getting out of that uh, Brooklyn place. So honestly, I think he really talked to KD about it and they figured out that they, they don't want to be there anymore. So it was like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. And then KD is like, all right, once you get out of here, I'm going to get out of here. And that's exactly what they did. And they pulled it off. Kyrie to the Mavs, though, I, I don't like that at all. It's like I talked about this before. I don't think Luca will ever be successful in this league as a team player. Because he is a ball-heavy, ball-dominant guard. And so is Kyrie. And I get that it's worked out the last, like, two games or whatever. They both had, like, 25, 27, 25 points. Like, wow, it's cool. But sooner or later, Kyrie's going to flip out because that's what he does. Uh, it's not going to work long-term because he's not going to get the touches he wants. Luke is not going to get the touches he wants. And what's going to happen then? You're going to have a feud on the court about who's going to get the ball when. Kyrie needs a big that's good or a forward that's good. Luca needs spot up shooters that he can pass the ball to. 
none of them, they don't work well with each other. Yeah, it'll work short term for now as they try to figure out the ins and outs of this thing. But eventually they're going to butt heads and it's going to go downhill. And Kyrie hasn't committed to the Mavs long term because he's probably not going to be there long term. It, it looks great on paper, but long term, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, um, the ball handling and like the ball dominance of those two is definitely going to be something they, they will need to figure out. It does take some pressure off of the other scores on on the Mavs team that we always are talking about. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Trade in your thoughts on Kyrie leaving Brooklyn. Um, if you want to talk about what Brooklyn got back, you can. But really, the big story is Kyrie going to Dallas. Ugh. <laughs> I'm sick of talking about Kyrie Irving. I swear to fucking God, he just, he just, he just, he just pisses me off. Um, yeah, he go, he goes to play with Luca. I, I mean, on paper, for a guy that doesn't even know fucking basketball and what a travel is, and no, I'm just kidding, I know what a travel is. Um, <laughs> I, I, I uh, appreciate that they're two big two big names on the same team. And it, it, for me, it's just like, Oh, that seems like it's going to work fine. And then James bring it, brings his expertise into it. And then it's just like, no, fuck that trade. So <laughs> I'm going to say, fuck that trade. Cause fuck Kyrie and James, you're probably right. <laughs> okay. Um, Tyler, as a Lakers fan, after this trade went down, the Nets owner, whoever it was, was like, yeah, I was not going to trade him to the Lakers. Um, which I don't, you can give your opinion on that, but also just your thoughts on how Kyrie and Luca and the Mavs will will fare together. Um, I was very happy that Kyrie did not come to the Lakers. Um, I really don't want anything to do with that guy. Personally, I just I don't like him very much. I don't think he's uh, trustworthy. Um, I just don't trust. Him. Like I said, you know, I, I agree with what James was kind of alluding to earlier that you know, yeah, it's early. We can he's he, he can mesh with one guy for a little bit, but long term, it just is never going to work out. Never has. So why would you expect it to work out now? Um, I think it was a move that the Mavericks, I don't want to say had to make, but I think Luca was really demanding kind of that, 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 um, that star next to him to be able to compete. Um, I think, you know, he was tired of kind of carrying this team quite literally uh, to be competitive. Um, And I think that the Mavs went out and got that guy. Um, And I think they made the best move, I think for them in the situation Um, overall, I would probably give this like a B minus just because of the, of, of the unpredictability that um, Kyrie is going to be in the future. Um, is he going to want that long-term contract? He's demanded it. Um, like I said, we'll see. I mean, I, I I think this could short-term, like the rest of the season could play out to be pretty good. Um, but that Western conference now is just, it's, you know, it's deeper than ever. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily going to put them in the upper, upper, upper echelon of the Western conference. Um but so I think overall, like I was happy he didn't come to the Lakers. A lot of people were like, we could, should you get Kyrie? Like, no, I don't want that guy. Like let, let's get someone else, which, which they did, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, yeah, so happy he's not a Laker interested and curious to see how it's going to happen. And uh, I, I, I think it's going to end up the same way it always has with him, but it'll just be a matter of time. Okay. So follow-up question for you. You said you don't think Dallas is like an upper echelon team in the West. They're currently of the five, seed tied with the Clippers and a half game back of the Suns. What do you, is that like, you think they won't end up in the top four? Do you think they'll drop or you think they're kind of like, they're going to be like a five, six seed. Yeah. I feel like they're going to stay pretty close to that. I think they're going to be kind of that middle of the pack in terms of the, the Western conference playoff picture, Uh, you know, 
kind of between a four and a six. I guess I guess four is upper echelon, so I'll say between a five and a seven. I think is kind of okay. where I see them finishing. Okay, yeah. The I mean, obviously, the play in tournament really like screws the like top tier teams versus like the bottom tier teams because now there's so many different teams fighting for a playoff spot. But okay, um, yeah, I kind of think like you know, as James mentioned, like Kyrie is not he can he's a free agent after this year now, so I feel like he's gonna be on his best behavior to try to like prove to teams that it's worth it because yeah, there's a lot of baggage. Obviously he asked out of Cleveland. He asked out of Boston. Now he asked out of, out, out of Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how it works with Luca. I think it's going to work for a bit. And then eventually they're going to run into some really, really good defensive, you know, defensive teams in the West and they're just going to get, get bodied, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, that's not to mention that that's not to mention that is Kyrie going to play fo- basketball next week? Cause you never fucking know if he just disappears. <laughs> that's a great point. You just never know with him. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So kind of moving on, like James alluded, Kyrie and KD potentially spoke. We don't really know. And right after like a couple days after that, KD gets traded to the Phoenix suns. Um, and then it came out that he specifically asked to get traded to the suns. That's another off-season topic that we can get into is players and their, the power that they have in the NBA because it is unmatched in the other three major sports for sure. Um, but Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant gets traded from the Nets to the Suns for uh, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who then gets flipped um, to Milwaukee, and four unprotected future first-round picks. Um, and now, and then after that. Our boy Luca, who we we're just talking about, pretty much came out and said, "Yeah, the Suns are like the team to beat in the West." Uh, Traden, we'll start with you. I know how much you also love Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. Uh, thoughts on KD going to Phoenix and kind of you know does this put does this put Phoenix as a as the like the top dog? Is it top bad dog? that I feel bad for the Nets? I mean, they got fucked over this last week. I don't know, man. Like the depth they have they right set now? themselves up. Yeah. Yeah, the depth is ridiculous. Yeah, they're just not making a run this year now. I mean, if if they if they had any chance, it fucking it was it fucking was gone last week. Uh, for the Suns, I, I look, I I can't like the Suns because it seems like I mean, obviously they're in the same conferences as as the Warriors, and it seems like it was a time where where like certain teams were creating super teams, and then there was everybody else. I think it's the opposite now. I think that. There's a bunch of super teams and then like shit teams or just like no good teams. Like this is a, this, this, this team, this, I think this sounds like a good, good, uh, a, a good team on paper. I mean, you had KD to the, to, to a plethora of pretty solid players that Phoenix seems like they're finally starting to um, turn it around at least a little bit. I know that they had, they were kind of uh, middling for a while, but they've been seven and three in the last 10. So that's, you know, that's solid. And then, and then they bring in um, Kevin Durant to even just round that out, round out their offense even more. Uh, I, I don't know. Look, you're also talking to a guy that doesn't know that much, but again, on paper, this seems like a team that all of a sudden, yes, I know that the Denver Nuggets exist and I know that the Grizzlies exist, but I think this team is a threat, a major threat in the West. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of it depends on health. Um, Chris Paul has been in and out of the lineup all season. D-Book has been in and out of the lineup all season. Kevin Durant is not exactly a spring chicken slash healthy player anymore either. So it could all uh, crash and burn or uh, they could be kind of inevitable. But uh, 
Ty, your thoughts on KD going uh, going to the Suns? Um, and again, now if you want to, if we want to talk more about how, what Brooklyn did with these two trades to kind of set them themselves up for the future, you can as well. Yeah, I was definitely pretty pretty surprised that KD went to the Suns. Um, not surprised they got traded, but uh, I think not, not a lot of us saw that one coming. Uh, it was I think it was definitely the the biggest oh damn um, trade that happened at at, the, at this deadline for sure. Um, yeah, it, it sets the Suns up, I think, to make a really good run in that Western Conference. I think it puts them in the top two for sure, along with Denver. Um, I mean that 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 lineup is 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 pretty deadly. Um, I think they could easily, you know, find themselves in the NBA Finals with this lineup as currently assembled. Obviously, it's early; we haven't really seen this team gel yet. Um, but there's no doubt on paper that they're going to be a very good basketball team moving forward. Um, and in terms of the uh, the uh, the the Nets, I agree. I think they've set them up. They've they've they, they got tons of draft capital now. Um, I think it was I think it was kind of inevitable that this KD Kyrie experiment was was going to fall apart eventually. I think it fell apart a lot later than we expected. We, we've talked about the Nets at length on this podcast, um, but it did kind of crash and burn in a sense. Um, but I think the Nets, I think the Nets ownership and the, 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 the Nets front office knew that. And I think they made the best out of the situation that they had. And I think they pretty, pretty, made it did a pretty decent job of getting a lot in return. Um, like I said, they have, they have tons of draft capital that they can either, you know, use as, as trade bait or they can, you know, just build up on guys for the future. And I think the future is looking pretty bright. I would say as a Nets fan, I think, I, I think if, if I was a Nets fan, I kind of just be like, yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks that we were, that we, that we were playing pretty well. We might've had a chance to, to make a run this year, but for me, I wouldn't want all that drama. And I think that the front office did a good job at kind of, you know, wiping this clean going forward. I think I, I, I would be pretty happy if I was, a, I was a Nets fan. Yeah. I mean, the Nets are known for kind of going all in and it not working like when they went with like Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett a while back. And and then they said and then it all they got screwed in that one. And this time they went all in. They tried it with James Harden. That didn't work. James Harden wanted out. Then Ben Simmons came in. You know, we all have our own thoughts on Ben Simmons. Um, but this time they really, you know, they got what they needed to get out of those guys who don't want to be there anymore. That's a whole other question about if it's like ownership or a front office thing, because you would think being in New York, you know, and being in Brooklyn would be a destination for guys like Kate and Kyrie. And now, you know, three, three superstars in our league have asked out of that, of that city in the last 12 months or whatever. So that's again, that's maybe another off season topic, but uh, James KD to the Suns, um, you know, are they now the front runner um, and how do you think they'll, they'll all mesh? I mean, I think you alluded to the biggest uh, factor in this entire thing, and that's health. Um, you mentioned it already. Like, CP3 is just a very old human being at this point. The book hasn't played a full season ever, and he's in and out of the lineup. KD is coming off of an Achilles a couple years back, currently injured. And it's like the most consistent guy health-wise is DeAndre Ayton, who, if you re- remember back in the summer, he was like, yep, I haven't talked to my coach all summer. And he's like, kind of not that interested in playing basketball right now for the Suns. Um, but he, on he's also on a tear. He's putting up like thirty and like sixteen a night, which is ridiculous. Um, if health is a non-factor here, and if everybody can stay healthy, <laughs> Luca's right. This is the team to beat. Like, there's how do you defend a point guard who can run an offense to perfection? 
a spot-up shooter in D-Book, an all-around bucket in KD, and a big man with a force down low that's unprecedented. You can't, right? The only thing that happens is that if one of these guys gets injured, they have no more depth because all their depth went to Brooklyn. <laughs> Who are you going to play off the bench? You got nobody. Like Cameron Johnson was a go-to guy. Michael Bridges was a go-to guy. Bye bye Who's going to be up next? Some dude I don't even know. And then, some guy shocks for sure not going to know at this point. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to sub people in for this to work. This gives me Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard vibes. Hmm. That was a super team, like, kind of built like this. Then, boom, Steve Nash gets injured. And there goes their season, right? If one of those guys goes down, so does the ship. So if health is a non-factor, they're great. If health is a factor like it is most times in every single sport ever, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really seen Chris Paul play a single like healthy year, like maybe one out of the last seven. I mean, if they, if he had been healthy in those, those rockets years, um, you know, the Warriors might not be what we know the Warriors as today, but yeah, I mean, KD is probably one of the most unstoppable like offensive players we've seen in the last 20 years, other than like LeBron and maybe Giannis just because of his length and shooting ability. But yeah, they're going to have to stay healthy. Um, I think they're, I mean, I don't know, like we kind of have to see them prove it. Like they made it to the finals and then kind of crumbled. And then last year, you know, they were had an incredible regular season and then crumbled to Luca. So they're going to really have to prove it. Um, well, well, we'll just have to see. I mean, I think it should work. You know, it's a lot of scoring and it's it's a lot of experience, but hopefully they'll they'll stay healthy um, for Suns fans. Um, and then kind of last, well, as I just screamed out 50, 50 other trades earlier, but this is kind of the other big one. Um, the Lakers finally uh, trade away Russell Westbrook. Um, I feel like he's getting a lot of shit online just because he didn't work with LeBron and AD. Uh, and I feel like it's a little unwarranted. So I'm just going to put that out there. Seems like a nice enough dude. Um, I hope that like this works out for him, depending on if he stays in Utah or not. But uh, it was a three-team trade. So the Lakers get D'Angelo Russell from the Timberwolves and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Minnesota receives Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker in three picks, uh, one from the Lakers, two from the Jazz. Utah receives Westbrook, um, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Damian Jones, and one of those coveted first-round picks from the Lakers that they were unwilling to trade forever and ever and ever, and then they finally did it. Ty Ty, starting with you, Lakers fan. It feels like this Westbrook trade, obviously, we've talked about it at length as well. Um, it's finally happened. What are your thoughts um, just on the trade and where, you know, the Lakers haven't won a game, or they've won one game since it's happened. But, uh, yeah, Lakers, Utah, Minnesota. Yeah, I think it was a trade that needed to happen. I feel a little bit relieved that we can finally move on. I agree. I think, you know, Westbrook got a, got a lot of hate from Lakers fans. I think that's kind of that kind of comes with, with the territory, unfortunately. It's just kind of one of those fan bases that are that have very high expectations. And if you don't meet them, you're definitely going to hear about it. Um, you know, I think that they did. I think they did pretty good on it in the the the, the Lakers, that is getting a guy that I think makes their team better. I think D'Angelo Russell makes their team better. Um, I, I think overall that they're, that they're definitely, it seems like going to move forward and hopefully be more competitive. 
Um, obviously, they're, they're still out of a playoff spot, I believe, as we sit here today. So they got a lot of work to do, for one. They, they got to at least make, make make a playoff spot. And, you know, they again, they're just one of those teams that just they're very frustrating. They seem they seem to be competitive in these games. They, you know, they were winning against the Bucks not not that long ago with with LeBron out for three quarters and then kind of just fell apart there in the fourth. Uh, games like that that should that should be won, and then we beat the Warriors the other night. So that's like it's kind of it's kind of hard to really get a read on what this Lakers team really is. But that's kind of been the mojo all year. Um, hopefully, you give these guys, especially with uh, LeBron coming back in the lineup, a few games to kind of get to know each other. I feel like this can be a pretty solid team. Like I, I think we could make a decent run. Um, that Western Conference, as we mentioned so before, like other than now, I think the like the Nuggets and now the Suns. Like the rest of it is winnable. I think you, I think we could beat any other of those teams in a seven game series. I really think that we can. So I think we can make a decent run uh, with with the team assembled. So overall, I was I was pretty happy with 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 what the uh, Lakers did. James, also as a Lakers fan, uh, you texted the group right after it happened and said Lakers are making the playoffs. Do you still feel that way? <laughs> I I really do. Uh, it's going to be through the play in mean, obviously because they're too far yeah. behind at this point. Um, but I think the Lakers made out on this this trade deadline i love all the moves they made like every single one was like a positive in my book like delo is a great three-point shooter oh okay i wouldn't say great he is better than anybody else they have on their team right now so that fixes the the one thing i've been harping on the lakers all season long and in the summer was that they need to add three-point shooting and they just did that with with delo and i think one of the most underrated and the biggest deal of this trade deadline was Jared Vanderbilt. I didn't really know this guy at all until I watched that last game. I mean, he's versatile. He's on both ends of the floor, and he's dominant. And he's running 150% every single time he's on the court. It's very impressive. I didn't know this guy, but I respect the hell out of him after only watching one game. Small sample size, I know. But if he can continue doing what he's doing uh, like he did against the Warriors, I'm I'm – I'm impressed. He was a hell of a steal. Um, getting Thomas Bryant or letting go of Thomas Bryant kind of hurts because he's he's way better than Mo Bamba is. That's for sure. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, the fact that you got D'Lo, you got Malik Beasley who can score, and then you got Jared Vanderbilt who's an energy guy and on both ends of the floor. I'm really happy with this and how it played out. And uh, I just want to speak on the whole Russ thing. Um, I think a lot of that hate is, like you said, Alex, unprecedented. Like, I, the more I think about it, the more I realize that he hasn't done anything bad. Like, there's literally no reason to hate him other than the fact that he gets triple-doubles on the daily. Uh, he can't really shoot the three-ball. But other than that, like, every report is like, he's a nice guy. He makes sure he signs everybody's autographs. He goes out of his way to do charity stuff. Like, he's a good human being, and he's getting a lot of hate because he didn't work out in L.A., and that's tough. Uh, but I'm he's pretty quiet right now, and, like, props to you, Russ, for handling it the way you're handling it. Like you're you're doing fantastic, man. Uh, Traden, you're obviously not a Lakers fan. Um, and then they come back and beat your Warriors. Uh, you know, a couple nights ago. But yeah, your thoughts on on Westbrook? You know, getting getting traded. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you think he's going to stay in Utah? I don't know if you've even kind of looked into that. But um, just your thoughts on that trade as well. And you know, obviously, it felt like it was time. Uh, I don't, first of all, I don't know where. Um you know, Westbrook will end up, um, I think, I think he's just going to kind of take some time to, um, you know, just evaluate and just keep his head down and play basketball. Uh, I think that's what he's going to do. Um, but the Lakers fans, that was a filling, right? 
here's here's the deal, guys. Um, I I mean, I think James kind of kind of outlaid it all. I think, that, and and actually, I was right. If we go back three weeks ago, Alex, I I had said that. Oh, don't count the Lakers out. They're gonna make a trade and they're gonna be good again. Well, I guess I'm the genius on the podcast. So <laughs> let's fucking go. Um, uh, the Lakers are going to the playoffs. Um, and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with because I think LeBron's going to have them going in the right direction. He's going to bring all these guys together, and and they're going to be a team that is. You, you don't want to play a team like this that has had all these expectations, and finally they, you know, f- finally they they get rid of the monkey on their back, which was g- getting that getting the West uh, the Westbrook trade out of the way. Um, uh, you know that that was a big contract and all that it wasn't working out in in LA. Got rid of that. You fixed a lot of the issues that you've had. You 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 make yourself even deeper, and you have LeBron James. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a that's a factor that you just can't. I mean, this is coming from a guy that again, I don't know that all that much, but I know LeBron James is one of the best to ever do it. So, if not the best to ever do it, depending on who you ask. Um, so he's going to get that team rolling in the right direction. Um, especially all that all the drama's gone, they're going to be able to refocus. They are not very far out. Um, of a 10th spot I think it looks like they're two games out of the 10th spot um, I'm not sure what uh, does that count games at hand I don't know that but I assume it would um, so I mean th- this is definitely doable for the Lakers they're going to sneak in a- in that um, playing tournament and they're going to make it a, a season and um, and I think that you know I think that's good for Lakers fans I think it's good for LA um, I you know we hope that we can see an LA Clippers LA Lakers uh matchup i think in some case i think that'd be really cool um you know just for just for all of la i think you guys should be pretty happy because i I think that i think they found a way to turn it around and i think they got lucky because the west is so freaking pair and there's the parody is unreal i I think if that's not the case you you you're not you don't have a chance um but you you lucked out and every but everyone else also loaded up so the west (laughs) the west is fucking scary um uh, and uh i i think the west is a lot scarier now and i and i think i i also called that i said all the teams are very close and everyone loaded up and uh here we are um i do think the lakers are going to make the playoffs and i think you guys are going to enjoy it yeah um i definitely they definitely got better doing this um it you know kind of going back to what james said as well like it looked sounds like thomas bryant kind of asked out of la for whatever reason um you know mo bamba well, I have no idea what he's going to be anymore. Um, but yeah, the other three guys, high energy. Um, you get rid of Pat Bev, who unfortunately is just not who he was anymore. Uh, other than showing camera refs, like he really wasn't the same player. Um, and yeah, I mean, like it's crazy because if any one of these Western Conference teams goes on like a five game winning streak, you jump six spots in the West or whatever. It's wild how that will happen. Um, last question really quick for you guys. Is there any other trade that we didn't, you know, these are kind of the big ones cause they had the biggest names involved, but, um, any other trade that you guys wanted to talk about real quick and, or a team that you're kind of disappointed. They didn't do much else, um, Eastern or Western conference. Obviously these were all kind of Western conference teams. Cause everyone seemed to be going the other like from East to West, but, uh, James, we'll start with you. Uh, I don't think the Grizzlies did enough. The Grizzlies ended up picking up Luke Kennard who is a great three-point shooter, I might add, from the Clippers. But the biggest thing I've been talking about for the longest time is that they lack leadership. And it's come to fruition in the fact that 
Dylan Brooks, this scrub ass dude, is talking man sharp, saying that he's nothing, he's a pedestrian, and John Morant backing him up. They need some real leadership outside of Stephen Adams, so they should have really gotten like somebody like Udonis Haslam, who doesn't play anyway, but he'd be a good leadership presence. Okay, I like that. Traden, any thoughts on um what the fuck is more? Toronto doing? Like, I, I don't quite understand what question. the fuck they're doing. They probably like why didn't they just sell? Like, like once again, they're gonna add in another free agent that they're gonna try and fucking that, that they're gonna try and fucking have to pay when you already have a, a new. Uh, how do you say his last name? OG. Just say OG. It's fine. Okay, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and Pascal Siakam, they're they're due for their extension eligible this summer. And what are they gonna do with that? What are you gonna do with Fred VanVleet? What are you gonna do with uh, now? You what are you gonna do with what's his name? Potal Potal. That's a, that's a free agent this this year, and you're a team that has no fucking chance in the East, no chance against any of those top three teams. You probably couldn't even beat the the the. Well, you probably could. I was gonna say the the Nets now, but that's that's probably pushing it a little hard, harsh. But I don't understand what the fuck um what the fuck they're doing. Um, I I think they're, you know, I they just that's all I have. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, they're they seemed like a team that was supposed to sell and then bought instead. Uh, and yeah, you're right. I don't know how they're gonna compete against the really like the top four teams: the Cavs, the Sixers, the Bucks, or the Celtics. I don't know how they're supposed to do it. So maybe they might have screwed themselves. Uh, Ty, uh, any other trades or like a team you you wish had kind of done more? Um, yeah, I do agree with James with the Grizzlies. I think uh, John Morant really, really um, gave them some bad uh, karma there. Um, and I think that they're they're probably the most one of the most hated teams in the Western Conference right now. Um, and I think a lot of teams are are, are going after that that ball club. And uh, it'll be it'll be I'm interested to see where the Grizzlies are going to end up. Um, I have a feeling they might fall a few spots, but uh, we will see how that all plays out. Should have probably traded for some humble pie. Eh? Yeah, maybe <laughs> the the Grizzlies were rumors were about that they were also in the KD kind of sweepstakes, but Kevin Durant specifically asked to go to Phoenix. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies and the Kings are ones for me, um, especially after like the KD trade happened the night before. So you really had most of the next day to like it wasn't like the KD thing happened at the buzzer and they had no time to try to do something else, maybe try to convince toronto to get one of those guys um so yeah i don't know the west is crazy the east feels like it's four teams and that's kind of it at this point so uh but tyler that is all i got i know it's kind of a longer one um but it was a wild trade deadline it was a lot of talk about thank you alex for breaking that all down uh james we that was probably the most we've ever agreed on an nba segment like in the history of this podcast so (laughs) you never know what's going to happen um when we come back, we have our last segment of the episode. We got Traden taking us through some more NHL hockey. Welcome back, everybody. We got one more segment for you on this episode. It's Traden. It's hockey. We love it. Let's go. Let's go. First off, let's talk about the in-season cup. Tyler took three days. Tyler took hey. three days. He is, he is one day away from double digits. That Let's is, go. That, is surpri- that is not <laughs> going to happen. Let's go, baby. Uh, because my my Tampa Bay Lightning will take it back for a fifth time this season tomorrow. 
Nope. Um, but if not, then you get you have ten days. Can you believe it? You got to double digits. Come on, it. let's go. The comeback starts. <laughs> Sit. It's exciting, uh, Alex. You sit with forty four. You t- you took a nice bit of uh front bit of time with the Florida Panthers there. Uh, James, you're close behind at thirty eight. I'm at thirty one, and Tyler again. You're at nine. <laughs> um, that's what we got there. So, um, I asked the guys. You know, I, I it's kind of tough to figure out what I want to talk about. I mean, we still just kind of come in the the all uh, star break. We are still a few you know a couple weeks away from the all star. I'm sorry, the uh, trade deadline. So I didn't know what to really talk about. But we did have a trade that may have thawed out the trades for uh, at least the trade market in the NHL, and that's Tarasenko. Um, Tar- Tarasenko has been traded. Finally, I mean, it seems like that would that almost would never happen. I mean, we talked about it year after year after year, and sure enough, um, uh, St. Louis finally figured it out. They sent Vladimir Tarasenko and Nico Mikola, which is probably just a six, you know, a, a bottom six type of guy, to the New York Rangers in in uh, in return for Sam Sam Blaze, Hunter Skinner, a twenty twenty three first round conditional pick, and a twenty twenty four four fourth round conditional pick. If everybody knows. Uh, the first and second round of the of this of this uh, upcoming um, uh, uh, draft is deeper than the first round next year. That's how deep this one is. So any even a conditional pick is going to be a hell of a player. So, um, you know, St. Louis, I think he did pretty decent. Uh, but at the end of the day, Tarasenko is off to the Rangers. And I just have to ask, James, the regs have figured out how to get a even deeper up front uh they they even have more offense up front are the rangers a team that we need to be really worried about in the east oh my god yes absolutely from rags to riches the rags go uh i mean like he is he has completely unlocked this offense like the last two games they've scored 12 goals because of what he does and it's not just what he does he's moved around some lines He's added some depth on the second power play unit because on the second, not the first. And it's like everybody is doing really well. Like Panarin moved down to the second line and Panarin scored four goals the other day. Wow. Who would have thought? Tarasenko is making this entire thing work really, really, really well. And this is still the same team that even though just or like their their defense isn't as good as what they used to be or what we expected them to be, they're still fifth in goals allowed at 141. And now this offense is going to come blazing up and it's going to be a really hard team to beat if that defense continues to get better because they're fueled by their offense, which is very, very possible. The better your offense plays, the better your defense might play because of that. And this team is, is crazy. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, that, that I think that the Rangers are starting to get some much needed um, scoring support. I mean, Shisterkin started out pretty, pretty cold early on, but wow, he has been, unbelievable as of late just like just like we'd expect i mean in 0.916 save percentage i know that doesn't seem great on paper but when you when you you know layer that in with what he started with it's it's a it's a damn good recovery and they're starting to get some um scoring support tyler how do you feel about the rangers here i mean they they kind of have are starting to be a full team that is that is a force to be reckoned with absolutely um I think you look at this rangers team before as a as a pretty competitive team and now adding a tarasenko I mean that that's that's not just you know some mid level hockey player coming to your team. This is the, the this is a champion and a player that's been very good in this league for a very long time, adding to a team that's already very good. Um, and I think they're 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 bro, they're very well rounded. You got you know a top goalie in Shastirkin. You got the best defenseman in, in in the league with a with a Fox, 
and you got this, you know, a tons of tons of scoring depth. You know, a, a, along with adding Tarasenko, you already, you already got Panarin, Zabinajad, Trocheck, and uh, Kreider. That's a that's a mouthful. Um, but uh, that's a that's a great lineup, man. I mean, that's that that's that's two lines of very very good hockey. Um, and I, you know, there's a lot of names on there that I think add depth too. Um, I think I think this is a very good hockey team. And in a very good Easter conference, I think this lineup as assembled can can compete with any of them. I mean, I think they've got a very, very good chance of making the uh, Stanley Cup final with with uh, yeah. this team. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of mentioned the top six, but that's not to mention Philip Heedle, uh, Keandre Miller, and the kid line, Kako uh, and Laf- Lafreniere. Uh, Barkley Goudreau is a solid bottom six, too. Like, this team is is kind of deep all the way through. Um, Alex, you know, a co- for a couple of years, we always we always thought that the Rangers were good, but and, and solid. They, they they did lack a little bit of uh, of toughness, but clearly, I don't know if you saw um, Truba's hit last week, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think that we're having that issue anymore. And now you add in Tarasenko and they, and they just get even better up front. Do you think that this is a team that that any team in the East needs to worry about now? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the Blues and Tarasenko really had a roller coaster type of of season and let really last couple of years. And, uh, you know, getting him really fulfilled their their uh, their dream of trying to be an Eastern Conference champ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> OK, sorry. Uh, no, I think it was really important for them to get James. I'm only going to do two. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do think them getting one more scoring punch was necessary, uh, especially to kind of like, obviously we've seen Boston turn into this, this juggernaut um, Tampa and Toronto are still there. Carolina is incredible. Um, so like, you know, before this trade, you'd maybe think of them as like the sixth or seventh best team in the Eastern Conference. And now I think this really propels them um, to the to the front. And teams like New Jersey must just be going like, oh, God, that's brutal. Like, we should probably do something. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the other word. I can't remember what the other word was now, but um, unpredictable. Yeah, I, think, I think this I think the Rangers are a team to be feared now. Um, and don't forget, like going into MSG during a playoff series is a different ball game than, than, you know, some other, some other uh, home ice uh, arena. So. Yeah. You, you may, you do make a good point. Um, MSG is unpredictable. They say, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got all four in there. Um, just, just really quick. I don't know if you guys saw Patrick Kane's um, comments on the trade. He was not happy that it was not him. Um, I think that he really wanted a chance to go play with Panarin again. And he was very vocal as to, it's his displeasure of that trade. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it is what it is. It's it's not like the NBA where guys can literally choose where they go. And I mean, th- they can, if they have a no trade clause, but you just, you, they just don't have that type of power. <laughs> not even Patrick Kane, who is one of the best to ever do it. Um, so, the, you know, that, I think that was a little interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if, if I'm the new New Jersey devils, I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm even worried if I'm the, if I'm Carolina to an extent, I mean, you do have to like, it, it's all going to go through Carolina. I think on, at least in the Metro. And I think that this team has the scoring prowess to, to, uh, to expose the issues that Carolina has. Carolina's fantastic defense. They just can't find the scoring support. And I think that's one, that's one more player off the board that they can't get. Tarasenko's off the board. So who are they going to get? Patrick Kane, who are they going to get? I don't know. Um, let's go over to the to the West. And now I know that this is a little weird timing considering Vegas has come back and won two two games in a row quite handedly. Um, once one game against the Wild and, and last night against the 
against the Vegas or yesterday, excuse me, against the um, Vegas Golden Knights. I'm sorry, against the Ducks. But Vegas has been questionable, guys. Um, we've seen we've seen Jack Eichel kind of go stale. Uh, Mark Stone is 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 injured once again. He just had his second back surgery in nine months, so who knows when he's going to come back? Um, ATs. I'm sure you guys uh, have some sort of thought of when, like, any idea as to how long that could be. I mean, I don't think we're going to definitely not going to see him this season. Um, I can't imagine. Uh, and then you're sitting with you know Jack Eichel's kind of cooling down. I know he I know he scored the other night, but you know he's cooling down. Their 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 entire you know scoring kind of has has gone you know, stale a little bit. Um, Logan Thompson, I, again, I'm not counting the last two games because they were against teams that are my, sorry, James. <laughs> Dude, 100% the Ducks suck. <laughs> um, and, and another thing that's interesting is Logan Thompson has kind of, has kind of come flat, if not down a little bit. And I think that that's kind of impacted them as well. And, and you just got to think that, you know, Al, or Tyler, I want to ask you, are you kind of worried about the Vegas Golden Knights here? I mean, I know that we don't want them to make the playoffs, but you know, you're seeing LA maybe is going to figure it out. They might, they might be, um, they might be getting a player to um, in this straight in this deadline. Um, Calgary maybe is going to try and figure it out. Edmonton seems to have figured it out if you don't count yesterday or because that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, uh, who else? Uh, Seattle. I mean, I know that they're not looking great right now, but you know, they're a contending team. And and it, 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 with all these injuries and all these issues, is Vegas a worry for you making the playoffs? Honestly, I, for me right now, I'm not that worried about them. Um, yeah, they're going through some through through some issues at the moment. Um, but kind of looking at at the Western Conference and you know, looking at the wild card teams and all that, I don't see why they can't nab one of those second wildcard spots, if not a division spot. I think that Pacific division is so tight right now. It looks like Edmonton right now, as we speak, is probably the favorite actually to win that division. Um, but I think between Seattle, LA, and Vegas, I think those two or three spots are up for grabs. I think whoever doesn't nab it is going to end up with one of the wildcard spots. Um, I, I I believe that the Minnesota Wilders currently that's that, that, that second wildcard spot if you look under that, I don't really see a team that I could see overtaking them at, at this point. I mean, maybe Calgary, um, maybe there'll be a surprise team in there that that, that kind of comes up late, maybe Nashville. But I don't know that there's there's not really a team that I see that's on the outside looking in currently. That's an overtaken. I think for me, that's their, their, their saving grace. I still think that despite the, you know, the, there's been a lot of ink inconsistencies and some issues. I still think that they have a very talented roster that will do enough to, to make a playoff spot. Um, so I'm not really that worried of them making a playoff spot where, where there's going to be, I'm not sure, but I think that they have enough to, uh, hold on and make the playoffs at this point. Well, I'm sure that every Vegas golden Knight fan is, is happy to hear that. Um, James, um, look, your, your captain's gone and it's like, it's probably if it's, it's not arguably, I mean, you could see, you could say it's arguably, but I think he's their most important player just as a whole. He just kind of grounds them. He's a player that that is in every play. He's he's one hundred percent, one hundred percent of the time. Who steps up for you here? Who are you looking? Who are you looking at? And and do you think that are, are you? Do you have worries about the Vegas Golden Knights? Oh, absolutely. Um, as soon as Mark Stone went out, which is January twelfth, outside of this little three game heater against terrible teams, they've only won one game. So for pretty much a month, they've won one game since Mark Stone has been out. So is he the most important player in your team? Absolutely, he is. 100%. He's second on scoring still and hasn't played since January 12th. What does that tell you about the guy? He is important. Um, so, yes, I'm worried about this team. But 
also the the Golden Knights have leadership. They have people who have been captains elsewhere, like Petrangelo. He was a captain. Jack Eichel is starting to heat up again. He was a captain. There is leadership qualities here because of the fact, too, that this team was not even a team, what, four years ago? Three or four years ago? Whenever, five, five years ago? Five years ago. Yeah, and so this team was built from the ground up, so they were able to instill their own values. So anybody, there's really only one guy, I guess. It's just like Carlson, who's been there from the get-go. Um, he's a leader, too, because he started from nothing. So there's leadership here. It's just who's going to step up and be the leader now that sh- the big leader is gone. Um, and this happened last year when Mark Stone went out and they did terrible. The Knights went did terrible. He said that he wasn't comfortable being around and telling people what to do when he wasn't in the lineup. And this year he's like trying to be more vocal about it because he knows if I'm not, bad things happen. And so I think he, it's up to him to still be there, be the captain, be the vocal captain, even though he's not that much of a vocal guy, and actually pass the torch on because people on this team respect him. And so he can, if he finds somebody on the team, like Eichel, Petrangelo, anybody, Carlson, that he can metaphorically pass the torch onto, that person automatically garners that much more respect and can lead them forward. But until that happens, I'm not really too sure about this team. Yeah, I agree. The The thing is, is I, I think that you can, I think he can hand off the, the vocal part in the locker room. It's what he does on the ice that nobody else can do. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's the thing that they're really going to miss in my opinion. Um, I agree with you. He's he's gonna do what he can to to get um, these other guys to to chip in. I just Mark Stone. There's things that Mark Stone does that you know it puts sets him depth sets him apart. He's a, he's he's the Ryan O'Reilly of this team. Like there's a Ryan O'Reilly is something, even though he's not the greatest player on the planet. He is something. Alex, this is an aggressive management. This is a team that did not make the playoffs last year. This is a team that does not have their captain, and this is a team that is. Starting to well, they, well, if you keep the last two games out, have been not looking great. How aggressive are they in the next three, two and a half weeks? I don't even know if they can be. I mean, we saw them dump Patcheretti over the off season because they were running out of cap space. I don't know what their cap is and what they can do. I mean, if they're, but you, yeah, they're right. I mean, you, we've seen them dump big names. They get big names, they dump them, and they might have to do that again if they want to. If they want to compete, I think, I think there will be one of those things that's like, if they see L.A. or Seattle or Edmonton go on like a four or five game winning streak, you know, before the trade deadline, they'll they'll have to pull a trigger. But because all of those teams I just mentioned, and Calgary, and even Colorado, depending on you know, and Minnesota, depending on which one of those other central teams is in that third spot like everyone has been up and down all season like a roller coaster some would even say (laughs) um so like i think they're gonna have they're they're probably gonna be looking i just don't know like how much they could realistically do with the money that's already on the you know on the books but um and like i'm kind of in between like i think they they could easily miss the playoffs and i think they could easily win the pacific (laughs) like i think that could happen with edmonton or la or seattle like all four of those teams could easily win the pacific or miss the playoffs or end up anywhere so um i i think they'll try to do something i just don't know how much like feasibly they could they can really do 
Thanks for highlighting how weak the Pacific Division is, Alex. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're you're exactly right. Uh, the, the the nice thing is is that you 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 do I mean you do send nine and a half million to LTIR. I mean that's that's Mark Stone. He's going right there. I wonder about Patrick Kane. I and I wonder about Timo Meyer. I really do wonder about Timo Meyer. Uh, I could see them adding that that scoring prowess. That that he's one of my favorite players. Uh, well, on on a team that is in my that is a divisional rival. I absolutely love Timo Meyer, and I do believe that he's going to get moved. Um, and you know, besides Carolina, I can see that this is this uh, this Vegas Golden Knights team is a team that would definitely look at adding him if they can. They're going to have to do some some gymnastics, but I think they're going to try to get it done. Um, really quick before I head uh, before I sign off on my segment, um, I only bring this up randomly to the to you guys because. This particular player has been linked to the to the LA Kings hardcore, and that is ja- uh, Jacob Chikorin. Jacob Chikorin of the Arizona Coyotes is not going to play for Arizona again. He is he is on he is going to be healthy scratch the rest of the uh, trade uh, rest of the way till the trade deadline. Uh, that happened on Saturday. Um, they held him out for trade purposes, and once again he didn't play. Uh, I think it was today they were supposed to play. He's not he's not playing. Um, Tyler, who where does Jacob trick and go Kings go Kings go go Kings go. Okay. I mean, I think, I think that, you know, to give you guys some context um, right on Saturday, um, you know, there was some linkage to Edmonton. There was some linkage to, uh, to, uh, I forget who the other team was, but the, both of those teams really poured cold water on it really quickly. LA kind of did that with a couple players that they know they wouldn't trade. I don't think Quentin Byfield's going to go. And I don't think that um, I can't remember the, the other, the other dude's name. He's one of your other prospects. I don't think that they said that he's not going to go, but um, I think they're looking for someone that is going to give him a first round pick and and some some other uh, prospects. So it's a wonder who is going to go if it's L.A. Uh, James, where's Chicken going? I really want to say Kings because um, that is like the most obvious one. But uh, to be different, I'm going to go with the Canes. Puck the Canes. Wow. Okay. So they're gonna they're gonna shore up their 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 defense even more, but also bring in a guy that can puck move and that yeah. can uh that can oh, show up offense. give you some offense. I, I don't mind that. I think that, that is that is a solid uh solid option. Uh Alex, what do you got? I mean, it sure looks like he's going to the Kings from everything I've been reading. Um, it seems like it's almost done and they're kind of working on it. Kind of sounds like Cal Peterson's unfortunate deal that we gave him could potentially be moving and they could be looking at uh, trading for the Arizona goalie who I'm also now can't remember his name, but yeah, I think it's um, Byfield and Clark who they have said aren't Clark. Like they, those are no, no, no touchy uh, prospects. Um, but I think Boston might be another one just to keep an eye out on. Um, or I have no idea. He, he's been linked to the Kings for like a year and a half now. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, been linked to everybody. He's kind of in everything. Uh, the thing about the NHL, is, and we've seen this guys before I go, is is a player will be linked to one team and then five minutes later get traded to someone else. And it was like, where the fuck did this guy come from? Or this team come from? That that could very well happen to here. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it is a wonder. There's another defenseman out there, Eric Carlson, who is a wonder if he's going to get moved. Um, and he's linked to he's he's linked to Edmonton among other teams too. So, we'll see. Um, d- defensemen are on the market and uh, from bad teams. And I think it's I, I think a couple teams here and especially in the Pacific, but also all uh, you know abroad, 
are looking for for ways to shore up their teams, and it'll be an interesting next couple weeks. That is all I have for hockey this week. All right, Traden, thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to more NHL action. Uh, and that's going to take us to the end. Uh, thank you for taking a ride on uh, episode 136 roller coaster. Um, it's always unpredictable. Uh, and if you made it this far, hopefully you found it fulfilling. If not, uh, see you next week. <laughs>